Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but I'm only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students, and I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. I am excited to introduce an actor, producer. He's known for his role as Angus MacGyver in the 2016 reboot of the television series MacGyver. He's appeared in a number of film and television productions, including roles on Hannah Montana, the movie, The Spy Next Door, Monster Trucks. He plays Havoc in the X-Men film series, X-Men First Class, X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men Apocalypse. He's got a big film coming out real soon, Son of the South. I am super excited to introduce my guest, Lucas Till. Welcome to Hollywood Dreammaker. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate it. Good to be here talking to you. It's good to see you, man. It's been a while. It's been a minute. I know. I was thinking about this, and I think the last time I saw you was uh, you were we were doing magic trick. Oh, it was actually at our friend's house, or it was at that wedding, or whatever. What was that? Was that a wedding? What were we at that one time? It was a what wedding. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was yeah. uh, one of Andy's friends' weddings. It was kind yes, of an impromptu yeah. thing. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun, it was. It was fun, fun time man. at the wedding. But we first yeah. met, uh, I don't know, about six years ago. You came into the Manhattan Actors Studio. We were doing a table read for a film that, uh, that I was helping Andy produce. And I remember when you walked into the room and, you know, we did the table read. And, and I said, and I believe I said it to Andy, I said, you know, I got to tell you something about this kid. I said, this guy's got something special. You know, this guy <laughs> is going to be a star. I knew it. You know, I, I could tell this. I've been in the game a long time. I, I've, you yeah. know, I got 35 years in the game. I've seen a lot of people come up, you know, back yeah. in the day, you know, Robert Downey Jr. used to hang out in my little shitty little apartment in Burbank. You know, I remember Johnny Depp when he, you know, uh, had his, you know, sleeping in his car. You know, I knew Ray wow. Liotta when he first came into town. You know, I've, I've seen so many actors come into Hollywood. I've seen a lot of them go. I've seen people have success. But there's something about you. When I met you, I said, this kid, has got it, the it thing, the star power, and you do. And and shortly after, Appreciate you know, it. you got you booked MacGyver, and you've been doing that yeah. for the past five seasons. Yeah, going right? on five exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so awesome. Congratulations. You know that's <laughs> that's you. a big accomplishment. You know, let me yeah. ask you, what's it like to uh, step into those shoes? I mean, you know, MacGyver was a big hit TV show, and then you're stepping in in the reboot. Yeah, it was, um, honestly, it, I, I have a, a really good ability of tuning that out for a period of time to a degree. So, I mean, it was kind of difficult every now and then. It's just, you know, everybody said it like, well, you know, you're stepping into big shoes. Are you going to be able to handle it? It was like, so I would just not, I would just try to not talk to those people for as long as I can. <laughs> I didn't need a reminder because I'm already hard enough on myself, a little way too hard on myself and I'm slowly learning to get better about that too. Anyways, uh, by the time that I, I think it was probably year two that I realized 
I t- it all like went caught up to me at once. And I realized like, whoa, I'm playing this character that people know it, it, it's international because I was, uh, we were doing a, something for CBS. It was in Monaco. And we, then we went to Spain for a second. And I thought I had done something wrong because all the security is like pointing at me and going, look, and I was like, oh no, I, I, I must look like something. I did something wrong, a criminal or something. And then I get to it and they go, you are MacGyver, you are MacGyver. <laughs> so this was after year one. And it was already showing enough in Spain that even when I was in the airport, like mall going through stuff, they were like, MacGyver, MacGyver. So, uh, you know, I started to realize this show was an international hit already before I came in and started doing that. And then, so, you know, going in, yes, there was a little bit of pressure, but like I said, I just, I just blocked it out and tried to act like I didn't care, <laughs> tried, to, tried to act like I didn't care about it because, um, you know, it was, it was big shoes to fill. And by the time we were, we were going strong, we were already there and uh, we had done a good enough job to stay there, I guess. So what I'm trying to say. So I'm, I've jumped ahead, you know, I mean, I'm excited about your role in MacGyver, but you know, the show is, you know, my podcast is called the Hollywood Dream Maker podcast, right. you know, and you know, my, my goal for this pod, podcast is to inspire young artists. And, you know, if you have a dream to be an actor and maybe there's people that don't believe in you and you don't know where to get started and you don't know what to do. And, you know, there, there's fears and doubts, you know, I'm living proof that, you know, it's possible you're living proof that it's possible that if you have this dream, this passion in you, that you want to be an actor, that it's possible. You can do it. If you go after it and you go after it like you mean it with a vengeance and you really go and you have the passion for it, that you can achieve this dream. Now, is it tough? Is it a bumpy road? Absolutely. But it's possible. It's possible. So here's what I want to do. I'd like to go back. Like, where did you, when did you know that you wanted to be an actor you know what was your journey how did you get to you know macgyver well that's a that's actually a great question and i and i think about it rarely until someone asks me and i never have a good answer because i don't think about it enough so i started doing that's crazy that you're, you're asking me all these questions too we've talked about because i've been thinking a lot about it and quarantine's given us all a lot of time to reflect i'm sure so when i was i never really thought about it because i was 10 years old I never thought about being an actor, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I always loved impersonating people, doing voices. I could entertain myself all day long. So I think what happened was, I don't think, this is what happened. My, we got a call from an acting school. It's called John Robert Powers. I'm not sure if they're still around. But anyways, they, I think they, they meet up. They, at some point there was, they started with a group of people, but then people refer other people that they think, well, I know this kid, Dana's son would probably be good for this ride or whatever. So they ended up calling out of the blue, which is pretty crazy. And then I went in and I like auditioned. You have to audition to take classes essentially. And I guess I, I did some like peanut butter commercial <laughs> audition or something. It was a cold read and did well enough. So I started taking classes there and I really enjoyed it because I was too, we kind of moved around a lot. And I was also kind of too shy to really play sports or, or I was also too small. Like I was tiny until about my junior year of high school. So I really didn't do a lot of, I mean, I did jujitsu in high school, but it wasn't, I didn't have anything to do when I was 10 and we kept, we kind of moved around a little bit. So this was like, my mom was like, this is a perfect outlet for this kid. So uh, we're going to keep doing this. And I don't know how my parents afforded that. 
So I need to give a big shout out to my parents for being supportive in that way. And we'll get back to that because talking about people who support you or people who don't, um, I was lucky because my parents, and I didn't even really, I took it for granted for a while. I realized like how amazing my family was compared to other actors that I would meet, especially when it came to this sort of thing. So I'm sure we'll come back to that topic later. But so that's what happened. I, I think I got my first movie when I was 11. It was a movie called <laughs> The Adventures of O.C. Nash. And that was uh, shot here outside of Atlanta. And then let's fast forward a couple years. I went to, oh yeah, we moved out to LA. My dad actually was in Iraq at the time, you know, and he's getting paid a little extra, but he doesn't really have anything to do with it. So he was helping us out a little bit. And the money that we had saved up to that point when I was 13, we used to move out to LA for pilot season. So we ended up staying there for, uh, I think it was like eight months. And uh, and you know homeschooled and my brother and my mom moved out and I thought I moved out and I was like I'm gonna be I'm gonna try my hardest I'm gonna get something out here this is gonna be it because you're moving to LA you're 13 years old you think it's gonna be huge I got two uh projects that was it and one was a short film and you know nothing really happened and then uh the other was a was a was a play uh, which was really fun and they were both great but in eight months, I'm moving out, sacrificing everything. I got nothing. Well, I got those two projects, which were important, but I didn't get that TV show or that, that movie that led to everything else and everything that I wanted or that I expected. It was, my mom had a book at the time where you'd write down the, uh, you know, gas mileage and auditions. And I think I had 52 auditions in that time. And I, and I booked two of them um, and they didn't really lead to more work. So on the way back, I was like, all right, I'm done. I quit. I don't want to act anymore, or at least not for a while. I just want to go home and see my friends. And my mom was like, well, we just got to call about this audition that is in, uh, it's in Tennessee. I think it was in Memphis. And I was like, no, or Nashville. And I was like, no, I'm not going. I don't want to go do this. This is like, I just, I just failed. I just, I'm never going to make it. <laughs> so anyways, we end up going. And I get a call back for this particular role. And I was then I think my dad was home for his two week R and R from Iraq and we went to Disney, Disney World. And I got a and I got this call back. And I was like, no, my dad is home from war right now. I'm not doing this. I don't want to act right now. Um, and she enticed me by telling me she'd bring my cousin with me or something. So we leave Disney World, go to this audition, um, and I ended up booking it. And that movie was Walk the Line with wow. you know Reese Withers. Yeah, exactly. So, and I played the uh, the brother, Johnny Cash's brother, who died when he was really young. And that was cool. That was that was cool. I mean, that was nominated for Oscars. I think Reese won, and it was it was crazy. Yeah. That so was then great. there there's that. That was a great film to have you be your first film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think it was one of my first. I had done some other ones, but they were like, you know, they didn't they didn't take off. Uh, but they were a great experience, especially when you're a kid, you know? And then, um, yeah, and then, again, I, I was just kind of defeated. Uh, you know, I was 14. It wasn't like it led to too much more after that. But I had done some independent films. They were fun. And, and then I just kind of got caught up in uh, being a teenager, I guess. And uh, I got another call. Uh, my agent was talking about I – I kept going in to send in tapes. And I, it was just – I would have to, especially when I was, what was I, 16, I was 17 years old. And I was like, 
something happened with my agent and she uh, had a split with her partner at the company. And so she couldn't be anywhere within like, I don't know, a hundred miles, arbitrary number, but it was something like that. So I had to drive really far and I'm in high school and I'm like, man, I just, I got to either do homework or play video games or go hang out with my friends, whatever I want to do. And I was just so defeated because I kept going out all the way out to wherever it was. And I, I would put myself on tape and nothing would happen. So finally, um, my agent calls me and says, hey, I really need you to come out to uh, do this tape. And I can't remember how she got me. I was just like, look, it's not going to work. It's a tape. You got to be in L.A. to get the audition. It's not going to work. So I go and I, I now know that's not the case at all. <laughs> but, so I go to see her, put it on tape. And I get now I'm told that uh, I'm uh, going to be flown out to um, L.A. to screen test with Miley Cyrus for the Hannah Montana movie. Yeah, so, and I had given up, I was like, man, it doesn't work, it's just too much, whatever. And I was lucky at those points in my life to have someone to push me. And then later in life, I would have to push myself. But I had given up, I had just given up at those, <laughs> both of those times. And that's when, that's when something happened. But you know, you also have to do the work, you have to study, 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 study. I, when I was a kid, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, it took me until about recently to realize it's not about all these other things that you will try to do to feel, because you'll, you'll read a book about Peter O'Toole and you'll think, oh, he was drinking all the time. You're, whatever you grasp onto, you think that you need to do this. You need to, you know, maybe some people like to get high, but they, then they're stoned in the tank and they can't do it. So there's all these weird things and all it comes down to is study, 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 study. That's all. Know your lines backwards and forwards. Everything else will do the trick. And it took me until a couple of years ago, until I did MacGyver to truly realize what I was talking about. So, and then, uh, yeah, cut to, you know, I did the X-Men movies and MacGyver, I really didn't think was going to happen. Um, and I never had, I had never wanted to do network television. When I was a kid, you know, network was not cool to me. I wanted to be in movies. And then I, um, so I went in, I didn't really expect to get it. It really well. Um, and then I ended up getting it and it has, it's been a, it's been the craziest part of my life for sure. So, so I just want to rewind a little bit. Okay. I want to go back yeah. to, you know, the, there was a beautiful golden nugget that you dropped right there, which was, yeah. you know, never give up because you never know that very next audition is the one that puts you on the map. So it you is. just keep on going. You keep on going. You get those no's, get 52 no's, get, you know, you, you want mm -hmm. every no brings you a closer to a yes. If you keep on going and you keep on pushing, yeah. you keep on working on your craft and you keep on banging one of these days, that preparation and that opportunity are going to meet. And then the Correct. magic happens. You know, exactly. that's what happened with Hannah Montana. And that's what happened, you know, put you on the map, you know, so that self-tape audition, you know, that you were like, ah, oh, they're never going to give me the part because I'm all the way over here. Well, you know, right now with COVID and everything that's going on in the world, you know, the future of casting is self-tapes. And I think exactly. now, I'm telling my actors all the time, I said, listen, you better get really good at become a self-tape machine. Get yourself a nice yeah. setup in, your, in your, your room with some backdrops, some lights, some, yes. you know, because that is how you're going to get some work. You Absolutely. want to perfect that. You know, you want to be working on that right now during COVID when you have to, this downtime, working on what is your castability? What kind of roles do I see myself playing? Well, if I see myself playing a guy from, you know, Kansas, well, then maybe I should work on a Kansas accent. Or if I, right. you, know, yeah. you know, find find out what your castability is, work on that, master that, so when the opportunity shows up, 
You don't try, have to try to learn that Irish accent the night before the audition. You already worked right. on it. You did a monologue. You already have that prepared. You know, it's yeah. about preparation. Yeah, and, and the preparation is happening right now. You know, I, and I, I didn't think of, I was just lucky enough because I'm passionate about certain things like that, like in a, in accents and stuff like that. But when I look back, it wasn't because I was winging it. It was because I was preparing all the time. I'm constantly watching movies, imitating these people, these people, these people, talking about it with my friends. That is, <laughs> study doesn't mean work that you, that you hate and you do in, in spite of the fact that you know you got to do it. Um, it. It can be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Uh, and, and it has to you know, be fun. It's, it ha <laughs> exactly. It has to be fun or it's not going to work. And so, yeah, sorry, go you ahead. Know, so, you know, you just hit a key word, you know, fun is, it, it's, that's what it's all about. It's about yeah. Halloween, yeah. man. When you put the wardrobe, the costume on, you step into True. the shoes of the character and you can, you're free to play. You know, that's yeah. what acting is, is, you know, I know a lot of actors that have, if you look at their IMDb, you know, it's, they got a hundred credits on there and they mm -hmm. stopped working. And I, and I, and I, I started asking myself, like, why aren't they working anymore? Because mm -hmm. it became a yeah. job for them. Yeah. Because they stopped having fun. Because they needed the the job to get the insurance. They put so much pressure on them. Yeah. The fun was no longer there. So the key to lasting in this business, the key to making it in this business, is staying in the play. Because acting is fun. Because you can create a character, and you can you can if you go into that world, like you know when I when I would audition. I would never go me, Billy Gallo, going into a room in front of a bunch of producers to audition. Mm -hmm. I, that, I would never do that. I would bring <laughs> the character into the room. Right, yeah. Whatever the given circumstances were, I'd, bring, I'd, put, I'd ground myself in a real place. I'd talk to a real person, and I'd be yeah. in the, the wardrobe yeah. of the character and everything, and I, I'd be having fun. And when yeah. I'm having fun, they're having fun. If you see an actor right. trying to survive the audition, that they're in the head and they're in fear and hoping what yeah. people are going to think, that's painful to watch. Okay? Yeah. So for a everybody. Big, there's a big the difference. Yeah. For, right. for, you know, I mean, I've been on the other side as a producer in casting, and I've watched actors that are out, oh, yeah. you know, they've made big choices, they're having fun, they're playing. I'm enjoying them. You know, yeah. actors need to know that casting directors want you to succeed. They want you <laughs> they to do. Win. They, they want really you to do. be the guy for the part or the girl for the part. Yeah. You make their job easier. And here's the yeah. thing is, even if you don't get the part, but you went in that room and you made some big choices and you were having fun, they will yes. remember you. The casting will become a fan of your work. And maybe next time, you know, six months down the road, she's casting a big film and they go, she goes, oh my gosh, let's bring Lucas in. Remember what he did last yeah. time this year? Has that ever happened to you? I absolutely. I wish I could remember the moment, but it was, um, ooh, it, it might have been X-Men because I remember actually I knew one of the casting assistants at that time was uh, the woman. Uh, she was married to the man who wrote the play that I was in when I was 13 years old. Now, it, uh, I don't think she initially called me in for that reason, but she said hello, or maybe she did. Maybe she mentioned to her, her, her casting agent, you know, like, uh, casting director that uh that you know you should bring this kid in because i remember he was in my husband's play when he was you know when he was 13 or whatever but that that definitely happened i mean i know that i've been brought on brought in on other stuff or for instance so i'll probably end up talking about this guy a lot he's my buddy mike he actually lives in this house here with me too and he is an actor in atlanta who's done pretty well for himself um but he does a lot of the stuff you're talking about but he puts people on tape he has a dslr camera which you know it could be a little expensive but it looks great 
and you're gonna it's an investment he ends up putting all these people on tape he watches them audition learns from their uh, from what they're doing so he's getting experience I and mean, he's putting what uh, at one point he's probably putting 300 people 300 tapes a year and so and he's also you know um getting he's learning what's out there right now so he can call your agent and go hey <laughs> there any parts in there for me too but you know you learn from that and it's just it's repetition a lot of stuff in life is just repetition so exactly i think it's the theme of what we're going to talk about today hey let's yeah. let's talk about the x-men a little bit i mean what is it like for for a guy i mean you know x-men is a big big franchise you know big film series you know and you yeah. played havoc and you know you did what four of them or uh, I did three of them, yeah. Okay, so you two, did... I say two and a half because okay, well, I had one scene in uh, the second one, yeah. Yeah, but you still, you're so. in the film, you know. The, the, yeah, the, oh the yeah. The fact is, is you're a character in the X Men series, you know. Correct. Uh, what is it? Yeah. What is what is that? How was that experience for you? You know, to be on a big budget, <laughs> you know, superhero movie. That was. Uh... <laughs> it spoiled me, man. Like <laughs> because then I thought, all right, so I show up. I, I end up getting a job. I'm um, I'm in a movie with Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, uh, Zoe Kravitz, Caleb Jones. I mean, it's just and and it was, you know, the the list kept going on, and they were all great, <laughs> and they were all really nice, and they were all hilarious. We had a great time, and I was working. Ah, that's what spoiled me was that I was working. I'm on this big movie, which I love x-men so it's that was cool in and of itself and you know you're working you're shooting a page a day and you're living in london for four months and you're just having a good time and i think i think at that point i was 19 so i could you know i could go out and drink and i could have fun and do all this stuff and you know you got a trainer that you can go you know if you want to go you could wake up every day if you weren't working and go train with this guy ed chow who's incredible and it spoiled me and uh, it would uh, it would ruin me, <laughs> especially up until. So uh, I'll show you the difference, tell you, try to explain uh, the difference between working on something like X-Men and MacGyver. So um, on any one day, uh, sorry, on any, pick one day out of half of the days that I work on MacGyver. And I work on MacGyver for nine and a half months a year. And each of those days can be 10 to 11 pages and sometimes it can be the lowest is going to be is six on average. And on X-Men, I'm shooting one page a day. And some days I'm just not working all week. <laughs> and I say one line, but pick any one day of MacGyver, half of, of, of the shooting days. And on any one of those days, I have more lines in one single day than I had in the entire X-Men franchise combined. So that work, uh, that schedule, you know, hanging out with all these really fun people and we have enough time to go hang out and do cool stuff and even just relax on set. Um, it's really, you know, uh, well, had some ramifications you, later when on. When you were number one on a call sheet, you know, when right. the show's called MacGyver and you yeah. are MacGyver. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's a lot of work. You know, people don't realize yeah. that how, how much work, you know, people think, Oh yeah, he's on TV, whatever. But you know, sometimes there's 16 hour days you're working, you know, yeah. some well, you know, 16 hour days, 90 hour weeks, some days, some weeks you're not getting a break because you're going to work, bringing your suitcase to work. So that on Friday after your 15 hour day, when you want to rest, you get on the plane, go to New York or LA, wake up with probably not great sleep go do press all day Saturday, 
then fly back Sunday. Actually, one day I flew back Sunday night into Monday morning, didn't didn't sleep. I didn't have any breaks. And that was three weeks at a time. And it really, and it, I had to, we had to, yeah, it caused a lot of actual mental health issues, but. So, uh, so but yeah. let's, let's talk about that mental health issues. You know, listen, yeah. I know, I know for a fact for me, you know, when I, when I got fame, you know, yeah. when I had my own TV series and it was a brand new series on the brand new Fox network, there was no, <laughs> when I came here, there was ABC, NBC, and CBS. You know, right. I started the Fox network with Johnny Depp and 21 Jump Street and Christina Applegate and Married Children, all those shows. We were the, you know, we were the, the shows, we created that. So we would go do publicity, mall openings and stuff. But my character was like the Fonz with the leather yeah. jacket and, you know, <laughs> so it was that same, like the, 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 the fans were screaming girls where like, yeah. you know, they're pulling at you, trying to tear your clothes off or they're, you know, like they're outside my mother's house in Brooklyn chanting, we want boots, we want boots, you know, <laughs> cops coming, they're going through my mother's trash, you know, you couldn't even walk out the door and it was so yeah. uncomfortable. I didn't yeah. like that. That was very, very, yeah, very uncomfortable neither. for me. So what yeah. is fame? You know, you, you, like you said, you, you, you're on a show that is, has a history of being a hit show. Now it's a hit show. You're the lead in it. You have all this fame. You have, I'm sure there's a financial element that you've made some good money on it. You know, I've right. seen, I've seen it in my days. I've seen it many, many times. I've seen actors succeed and, and do very well. I've seen fame destroy them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can tell you I so many, to. I was, you know, uh, River Phoenix, you know, Joaquin's, you know, I was there yeah, yeah. at the Viper room when he OD'd in Whoa. 1993, you know, on Halloween. Um, I, I, you know, Brad Renfro, uh, you know, I can name, I mean, look at, look at, you know, even my co-star from my TV series. I mean, Matthew Perry, I mean, he's had his struggles. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. He's had, he's had a lot of fame and, and so fame is a, a double-edged sword, you know, it, it's, yes. it, so what is fame like, to, you know, because if somebody wants to go out there and, and do this, they, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for, because sometimes you, you think it is and it's not. So let me fill me in on what fame is like for you. I like this because this is probably the first time I've ever uh, been able to talk about this. You know, you're not going to get uh, if entertainment tonight's interviewing. You're not going to have this conversation. Um, and a lot of people, they'll get they'll be like, Lucas, come on, you know. But for me personally, I think you and I share the same sentiment. I don't like it. I didn't know what I was getting in for. However. It has a lot of great benefits. It's just a change in your life that you're going to have to get used to. Um, but there's just gonna, it's, listen, it's for anyone who thinks they want to be a certain level. I'll, I'll put it this way. So MacGyver fans are actually really nice. <laughs> MacGyver fans are about middle-aged or into senior citizens. And they're like really polite. And they're like, oh, you're, you know, but the fans that are usually the, the craziest are uh, Hannah Montana fans. Cause I was in a, I was the, forgive me to say this about myself, but I was the heartthrob in the movie and, uh, I, and I'm affecting young girls at like, they're 13, they were 13 at the time and they're still playing it, I think. And so it just keeps on happening. And that's when, I mean, they, <laughs> young girls are just like, ah, they're crazy. But I remember I was just down the street. I walked in with uh, my mom to go eat at this place up here and we walked over and I walk in and the hostess goes, ah! 
and screams. And I go, whoa, 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 calm down. You know what I mean? And it just, I get red. I, get, I just don't want to draw any more attention. And that's one thing. One time I got escorted out of a football game, even though I was just being myself, you know, but people just kept coming up and they were like, you got to, we got to escort you out. And then, you know, it's just, it's, it's also, it's like, yeah, with social media, um, you just got to be careful because a lot of people you're drawn to, you kind of want, you know, you want, it's a subjective medium. We're not athletes. We're not first place, second place, or we won or we didn't. It's, God, I, man, I was in this movie and it made a lot of money, but I kind of want a little attention for what I've done. It's a little, uh, some gratification. So people will get on social media and check that. And I, I don't, I don't read comments because it's just, you get a thousand good ones and one bad one. It'll ruin your day. Um, it'll really affect you. And then it affects your this is the only thing that matters. What's inside here, you know what I mean? Because people will, casting directors, executives will inadvertently, not even meaning to, just destroy your confidence if you let it happen. And so it's something that you have to, something that you have to deal with on a, on a daily basis. And the more successful you get, you have a tendency, I've, I've gotten paranoid at some points, you know what I mean? And like going outside. And then uh, I just forced myself for the last two years to get outside because I would, I would stay in, well, mostly because I'm working all the time. So I'm sleeping <laughs> and resting on the weekends, but I really started, I didn't know how to be out in public anymore. And I started to think that every time I'd go out, I would be mobbed. And that's not exactly the case, but it really messes with your head. And if you're, and I'm a social person, I like to be out. Um, and, uh, and it'll, it, it does weird, weird, weird things. And I became an unrecognizable person about up until this last year. Well, listen, I, I, you know, I was, I was, I think I was on my phone looking through whatever. And I, and I, I, I came across an article about you and yeah. I, I got really concerned oh, because yeah. it said, you know, it said that you were suicidal because yeah. of a toxic boss on, on, on producer on MacGyver. And that's when I reached out to you. I said, Hey man, you okay? Is this shit right. fucking yeah. real? What? You know? Yeah. Because I know yeah. it, the pressure, the pressure of being, you know, the, the, the number one on the call sheet, being MacGyver, being in the public guy, having, you know, producers on your ass, you know, it, it can wear on you. So can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely, because I think it's important, you know. Um, um, in the end, I think I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I know it sounds crazy to say I'm actually very glad that it happened because up to this point, I didn't. I couldn't relate to people who had been sort of ostracized or picked on too much. And this particular person, um, no one was safe. You know what I mean? I wasn't safe because of the way I looked or anything. And, and I bet for that, I'm thankful for, because now I know that um, what it feels like to be marginalized by, well, I don't, but at the same time, I have a little bit more respect for it and it opened my eyes. But that being said, so this person was so bad. In the beginning, it was, you know, screaming at, like, you know, I look, maybe not now because I have a, some facial hair, but I pretty insecure about the fact, you know, I'm playing uh, as MacGyver and it's not a very realistic show, but at the same time, we're shooting the first episode and I'm just kind of concerned about the way I look, I'm supposed to be this secret agent and I look like a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? So even I know that, but he, you know, is screaming at a very, very big director, by the way, which I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave names out. And he's screaming, you got to tuck his shirt in. He looks like a little boy. He looks like a little fucking boy. And I'm just like, and he knows that I'm all, I've talked to him about like, you know, just don't say that. But anyway, so then it'll, 
you know, we're actors. We're not, I'm not an athlete or whatever. I, I'm kind of sensitive when it comes to certain things. Yeah. And it started with that. And then it was always, you know, I'm too skinny. And I was like, you know, you got me working 90 hours a week. You, you're not paying for a dietitian. You're not paying for a trainer. You're not giving me any time off to go do any of those things that you want me to do. And also, I, I, I'm a whatever that body type is. I think it's called endomorph, whatever it is. And it's, I cannot, it is nearly impossible for me to gain weight without help. And so, um, so it was always, I'm too skinny. I'm too young. And then of course I'm not sleeping. And maybe I mouthed off a couple of times, which everyone did. And, and then it was, uh, this unassailable position that he was in, you know what I mean? You, you could, he's, he is the sun King. You can't touch him. And so, uh, he would pick on, you know, uh, after the first year I told the president of CBS at that time, uh, studios, you know, you got to fire this guy. It was hard to explain because it was sabotage. I would later find out that he was making sure that we were, uh, it's not, it gets cold in Georgia. It gets 19 degrees. It was 19 degrees outside. And we were asking for jackets in the scene and in perpetuity for all the times that it's winter here. I just need a jacket. So I thought it was just negligence or whatever. I found out he was deliberately making, putting us in short sleeves, making sure that we couldn't wear jackets, telling my costume designer, no jackets. So it was, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a weird sadistic thing. It's a narcissist. It's, he's a narcissist. He's a power and, oh, and it beyond. And I, the, I tried to do this and then I tried to get removed, have him removed, but I didn't have as much evidence as I would later. And so he, he kind of got checked a little bit because I went to tell on him. But then what he would do was he would just hide his comments about me because the first year I was reading texts where he was like, you know, you got to be a good leader. I'm like, God, I am. I think I'm trying to be. He's like, it's all on you. You need, you know, I can't believe you would do this. And it's like, it was gaslighting, constant gaslighting, telling me I'm not good enough to be MacGyver in maybe not in that way, but, but he was. And then I remember, you know, I was talking about, post, I was doing, I had to do voiceover on top of, uh, on top of everything. So now it takes me about 20 minutes, okay? And that's all it really requires. However, back then I did, I got, I remember I got done with, you know, I did six hours of voiceover on a Sunday. I should be resting and learning more lines. I did six hours, he wouldn't listen in. He's at home probably hanging out with his family. Um, and then with no direction, right? And so I'm just guessing with this acting coach, seeing if we can get this right, right? So I get it done six hours, which should take 20 minutes. Uh, we then go in. Uh, and so I, I go back on Monday. I remember distinctly, it was a 15 hour day. And my directing producer comes up to me and goes, um, uh, we, we, uh, we have to do it again. And I was like, what do you mean we have to do it again? What, what was, was it a technical issue? He says, no. So what is the note? He just doesn't like it. So it's him, and now what I know about him is it was sadistic. He just wanted me to work, work me into the ground so that then I would misbehave so that they could then again blame it on the crazy actor. And, and I had another co-star who did enough of that. So, so and anyways, it was crazy. And what he did to other people, I ended up talking to writers. He would, I mean, ugh, I can't tell these stories because I want to keep them protected, but the, it, he would scream tell them it's not hard to be oh just it's it's pretty bad racist uh, homophobic uh, just everything everything bad please tell me this guy they got rid of him yeah oh yeah he got stripped of everything 
Awesome. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it was actually good, good I, for I you very for impressed. stepping up because you know the actors need to know that that you know those higher ups, those Harvey Weinstein's, those people in power. Yeah. You you know you can raise your voice and you can say you know what I'm I don't feel comfortable doing this. You know right. this is not right. You know you you have to protect your morals. Your your you know the way you feel. You can't let somebody try to destroy you you got to speak up and and bravo yeah. to you for speaking up and and you know letting people know that this guy was a tyrant yeah exactly and 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 also uh something that i would encourage people to do is communicate communicate with other people because i talked to people who i had never worked with when i was essentially I, I quit the show i quit the show over the summer and i was like i'm not doing this unless you fire this guy and yeah, I know, I know. And, and a lot of people would say, you're on a, you're a producer. You're not even, at this point, I was not even 30 years old yet. And you're a producer of a network television show and you're the lead and you're making lots of money. And I quit. And I, you know, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. So anyways, in order to, it was cathartic because I get to talk to all these other people, but that's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is I started communicating with all these other people because I'll just kind of assume like, oh, maybe he's just kind of bad to me. And you didn't, I didn't realize he is, Every single person dislikes him, including members that are, you know, people that are, I'm going to try and not talk about that, but like people who are very close to him don't even like him because he's not, he's incapable of being a likable person because he's, he's all about material things. He's, he's very sick. You know, it was like, he was in this unassailable position, but when you started talking to people, you got all this evidence and you were able to form, overwhelm him with positivity, essentially, as opposed to just fighting fighting never worked one-on-one even if he wouldn't do something to me he would start picking on someone close to me and telling her she's you know anyways i'll leave uh, out the well, you know well, well that's you know first off congratulations on being a producer <laughs> producer of, of, of the network it. tv series i mean that's pretty friggin' big that's pretty awesome yeah you know that's a, uh, awesome for you to step up and say you know what I'm walking, like when I had my TV series, uh, you know, it was originally called uh, Second Chance. And then, you know, mm -hmm. I was like the fifth banana on the show. And then they right. decided they were going to re remake the show and they were going to make me and Matthew Perry the leads and, and uh -huh. change it to Boys Will Be Boys. But they didn't want to pay me, you know, the Matthew Perry money because he was getting paid right. more because he was the, one of the stars of the show. I was the next door neighbor. But then all of right. a sudden they wanted to make me and him the leads of the show, but they didn't want to pay me the money. No, no, so, no, no, so, no. so I said, you know, <laughs> F you, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, they, yeah. they threatened me and they said, well, you know what? You have a contract and we're going to sue you. And then I said, right. go ahead, sue me. Right. I'm yeah. not showing up to work. So guess what? Yeah. You have a TV series. Let him be, do the show by himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, exactly. they, and they legally, they threatened the shit out of me and they yep, said, but they didn't, I, did they? They were going to ruin my career. And they told uh -huh. me, ah, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And, and then, you know, and like the, the last minute, all of a sudden they said, hey, you know, we're going to give you what you want, you know, and yeah. you, can't, you can't tell anybody. But, you know, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Right, right, Just give me the right. money. And yeah. And, you know, <laughs> so, but, you know, exactly. probably, you know, it takes a lot to walk away from a, a TV series and go, you know what? I'm walking away. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to put up with this. Right. I mean, it took me, well, it took me four years and, and, Essentially, I was it's it's hard because they will, you know, the, the only thing that they think that we want is money. And so that's what they'll sort of entice you with. And then it's it's like, man, I don't think you get it. 
because you're not dealing with the psychopathic behavior that we're, the abuse was just not worth it. I don't care how, you could have paid me quadruple what you're paying me now. And I still would have said no. And unless he was gone and, and ended up doing it. So, um, man, there was something in there that you had said that I wanted to elaborate on, but, uh, oh, it was the, uh, anytime someone tells you that they're going to ruin your career, they, they won't. I have had three people tell me this. Well, eh, kind of, I, it happened to me twice. And it was because I was doing the right thing. And it was because I was standing up for myself. And, and, and one time it was just uh, negligence. I mean, we told them what to do. And since I was on an independent film and I, I had done X-Men before that. So this movie is about a million dollar budget. X-Men was like 115 or something. So we had told them before, I think I had even said this, not just my reps. It was like, hey, you know, just schedule one weekend or one like three, you know, a Friday or a Monday. So I can take the weekend and fly to this or whatever, have a plan set up because I'm going to have to do press for X-Men. And, um, and I got to do that. No, 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 just negligence. And so then we uh, end up, ha- and then it happens, right? And then uh, all I had to do, I ended up leaving um, set on a Friday, going to New York on uh, that night and doing press Saturday, coming back or whatever it was. And it was all fine. It was all fine. But this, then the, one of the producers uh, who was actually at the management company that my manager was at, which is, it seems like you should be more supportive, but he ends up threatening to sue me. And I was like, guys, Fox is going to do that. And they have a lot more money. So um, I don't know, and we told you about this. Anyways, threaten to sue me, threaten is going to look so bad, going to end your career. When someone tells you they're going to end your career and it's because you're standing up for yourself, keep standing up for yourself because it means you're about to win and they're scared. Bravo. But absolutely. also, you know, you know, don't be too reckless, but as long as you're just doing, if you're doing the right thing. As you're, long as you're, you're doing fine. the right thing, stand up. Correct. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, so I have my listeners hopefully are young aspiring actors that have the stream, you know, and what advice do you have for, you know, if you could go back to the young you, you know, the aspiring actor, you know, the kid that, you know, maybe doubted himself a little bit, thought about quitting or, you know, what advice would you give you? I, uh, man, <laughs> I would give myself advice except for the fact that I feel like those are, things that you're supposed to do and go through. Right. But I'll tell you what I, you know, I had, it's, it's so much doubt. Um, and don't get me wrong, a little bit of doubt in a subjective medium as an artist or whatever you want to call it is normal. And if you're a little too confident, that's kind of weird anyways. Right. So understand that if the only, usually the only thing that's getting in the way is yourself every single time, it could be you're overthinking it you're too nervous and, and whatever, but think about it. It's like, you're, you're not going in that. Those casting directors aren't doing that to you. You're doing it to yourself. Now, I know that's kind of broad, but whatever that means to you. So if that means you just got to sit there and run those lines a hundred times with your, find, find a family member, find someone who hates doing it with you and just make them do it with you anyways, over and over and over and over and over again until you can't say anything other than those lines. And then you go in the room. And maybe you can't put that much energy into every audition, but if you put it into a couple, it'll turn into every audition over time. And that's what I wish I had told myself when I was younger, because I honestly, I would get a little too caught up in uh, just partying. And then I would not put enough effort into it. And that'd be like, damn, dude, it was, 
why did I, why did I, why was I so nervous? It was like, Lucas, because you didn't know the lines. Yeah. And I have a talent for memorizing really fast. So I think that I can get away with it, but you can't always, and you can't, if you, especially if you want to be the lead of a TV show, like I am now, I couldn't do that anymore. Every single night, Mike downstairs would come in and I didn't want to even now. And I mean, it's just cause I'm working every day and he'd be like, no, nope, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. And of course, all my anxiety for the next day would be gone because I yeah. just spent the time to do it. And that's well, you it. Know, it's, it's, you know, I believe that, you know, how do you get rid of those nerves? It's preparation. You know, the more that's prepared it. you are, the better you're going to be. If you fail to prepare, you've prepared to fail. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's exactly. It's so good. So, so it's really being, you know, outworking, outchoicing, outprepping the other actors. I mean, that's how you book a job because if the other guys are coming into the room and they're trying to survive the audition and hope that somebody likes them and hope that they don't forget their lines and hope, mm -hmm. you know, and then there's a guy that comes in the room and he knows that shit backwards and forwards and he's yep. made some big choices and he's got the wardrobe of the character and he's in play and he's having fun <laughs> and he's, he's rocking it and he can just rock the room and not worry about getting a job just go have some fun right Walk out confident yes. boom that's somebody they're going to remember you know but that's what you just said preparation for reparation and also don't worry I mean, it's so tough it's so tough what i'm about to say but you have to put all of your effort into the preparation but you can't care about getting the job because when i didn't care i didn't care about my guy that sounds ridiculous it sounds like i don't like i take it for granted but I was like, you know what? I don't, in, it's network television, that'd be cool. But man, it sounds like it might be not that great. I don't know, who knows? So I went in and whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think they had too many choices too. And it was like, I, cause I didn't care, but you have to be careful about that. Cause when you say you didn't care, people think that means you don't care. And, and I, I care so much, how can I, you know what I mean? But it's that sort of, uh, just don't worry about getting the job and go in there and have fun. You'll get the job I and agree. be prepared. So, you know, what is, so you talked about nerves, you talked about, you know, studying lines. What is your, how do you deal with nerves? Do you get, still get nervous? I mean, you know, you've been doing it a while, but I, you know, what's your cure for, for nerves? I mean, besides preparation, uh, you know, what is your process for memorizing lines? You say you pick them up quick. So what is your process? Do you write them down? Do you, you know, how yeah. do you, what do you, what do you do? You know what? I hope if you, here, I might actually, yeah, look at this, look at this. All right. So what I do now is the first obviously read it first <laughs> then you do this so and it's kind of important right so this is actually from macgyver i don't know if you can see that so what it is is i put a little star and then i write it all in all caps or whatever you want but you have to make it pretty you know what i mean you have to make it look good and when you do that you are already doing the first part of searing it into your memory by writing it down, making it legible, taking your time. And all I do is I write out my lines only. And then not only does that, the first part of searing into your brain, but when I'm on set, instead of oh, flipping through my sides, which I don't do anymore, you can only see them in your pocket anyways. And I've seen them on intakes. I've seen people's sides popping out in takes. Instead, I have this one little sheet in my back pocket, boom. Shiva, that's what it was, Nikola Tesla, boom, done. And so it's a low profile way of, you know, and, and it's just a, it's the tiniest little crutch because I know even me, sometimes I just, I feel like I need that. I don't, 99% of the time, I don't look at it. But the, the knowing, the nerves kind of, when you know that you got this little tiny crutch, low, low profile crutch that you spend a lot of time making, 
right here. And if you're that. an actor, yeah, right. Yeah, it's actually, it's worked really well. So if you're an actor, just prepare. And I'm saying this because I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And that's probably the reason that I didn't get those things earlier that I wanted so bad. Um, yes. So I believe, you know, if you write it, you invite mm -hmm. it in here. Interesting. I like that. So when yeah, you have to true. actually spell it out and go A, B, yeah. you know, your, your brain is, you're, you're, you're putting it into your brain. Yeah. You know, I had a guest yeah. uh, who's a neuropsychologist on my podcast. So oh, wow. I, I didn't come up with, if you write it, you invite it. <laughs> I stole it from him and he's a neuropsychologist. <laughs> okay. You know, I but it, that, make, it makes so much sense because you're it actually does. writing it. You know, yeah. for me, I know, you know, just trying to memorize it, you know, you didn't, you didn't write it. Those aren't your words, but when you actually write it in your handwriting, you know, you, yeah. like you said, make it in capital, make it all pretty and stuff like yeah. that. When you write yeah. it, you invite it into your brain and then it, it's, Correct. it's in there. Yeah. I, what about I nerves? Agree more. What about nerves? Nerves. Who, you know, I gotta say the only times I was really nervous. I mean, don't get me wrong. The nerves sort of, I gotta think about these auditions. I just. It's, it's, it's the things you've already talked about. And it is, there is a great, if anyone's listed this, it is so funny and it's a great, it's an old Peter O'Toole interview. And it was with uh, Charlie Rose, who, you know, was, has been disgraced since, but if you find it, it's with Charlie Rose and Peter O'Toole back in the day. And he talks about um, all these people, all the, I, I was talking to an actor the other day and he said, I don't learn lines. And I said, what have you said? And he's talking about how you can't, you can't paint. What are you going to do? Paint with your fingers? You need your brush. And the brush is your lines. And you spend, and he said, it's called study. The old school word was study. You study un, unobserved by yourself for a while. But I would recommend the easiest thing for me is with someone. But anyways, the point that I'm trying to get at is um, that, that repetition. For me, if I wasn't nervous, it was because I knew that shit backwards and forwards. And it's very rare. Believe it or not, it was very rare that I was that prepared. One of those times was MacGyver. And um, that's why I get the job. <laughs> correct. No, I said, no exactly. And it's, it seems so. I, I, I remember there's another actor. I won't mention his name just because I don't like it, but it was, it was very positive. But he, <laughs> I was like, I was talking about some of my bad experiences, not, not bad, bad uh, habits at work and trying to, cause you're just so insecure and you want to be the best actor you want to do. And I, I, you know, this particular time I was drinking on set, not never recommend that by the way, the worst drinking, thing you can drinking do. alcohol. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Don't ever do it. Um, I pulled it off, but not, you know, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. it. It's not good for you. And it don't, you don't need it, but especially cause you, you hear about these actors tricks and a lot of these actors will do interviews and they'll talk about something. They'll be, they'll be joking it's, and you'll read it and you'll be like, Oh, that's what I got to do. Right. Whatever the habit is. Something the Heineken like that technique. Really... <laughs> I call that the Heineken <laughs> technique. <laughs> Correct. So I was, you know, I was talking about this with, with an executive. Uh, anyhow, it's kind of, and then the, he interrupts me. He goes, eh, what I think he's trying to say is we all have, and he said it perfectly and I'll butcher it, but it was like, as actors, especially as young learning actors, you're always trying to reach for that thing, that technique that's either going to take you to the next level or make you different than other people or whatever. And what I'm saying is the only thing you really have to do for the audition is prepare. And then you get in the conversation of what is that? And that, that's what that is for me. For me, the easiest way 
that's very helpful when I don't have anybody. If I can, if I can say the lines out loud, back and forth, three rehearsals, I'll have them memorized for me personally. Um, unless it's like, you know, I'm a guy where I have to do a lot of science. So that, you know, I'll, I'll write. Yeah, and the other thing, Mike, yeah, exactly. Well, correct. Yeah. Cause, and also if you research, if it's science, even if you think you can't understand it, look it up on Wikipedia, then go to the next website. Once you understand it, boom, now you have it memorized. Sure. People think they need to memorize that. So I'm talking about myself, by the way. An actor prepares. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. That was a secret the whole time was that I just needed to prepare. But I always love flexing to see how fast I can memorize it, just be done with it. And it was, it was lazy and it was just irresponsible. And that's why I didn't get the things that I wanted when I was younger. But, you know, it all works out in the end. But I couldn't hey, I couldn't stress it enough. I got to tell you some I I watched a trailer for uh -huh. Son of the South. Oh, yeah. The other day. And I was blown yeah. away. Let me tell you some. I yeah. see some. I, like I said, I see a bright future for you, brother. I see like, you know, big, big movies. I see, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio kind of stuff, man. I, I really, <laughs> I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I really believe you're very talented and I see it. We've been know, right so far. Yeah. So, but so, so sons, son of the South, right? That's what yeah, it's man. Yeah. I'm really, really proud of it. So that just yeah. premiered at a, uh, at a, sorry, you were, looks like you were going to say something. But, well, what, where did it premiere? I want to see it. Oh, uh, well, it'll, it'll be out in, um, I think it's September 19th. It's going to be out on either digital or, or it's going to be limited and then it's going to be on digital right after that. So uh, that movie um, is, I, I, I've, we watched it the other day. It was uh, premiering at a digital film festival and, uh, and uh, I was, we were all, like, my brother was there, uh, my buddy, <laughs> we were just like, what how did they, this is so good this is by far the best thing that i've ever personally been a part of i think ever and the quality for one but also the the timing it's a story it's a true story about a guy named bob zellner and bob was a white kid in montgomery alabama who was curious and didn't really understand why all this you know racial segregation but just everything about everything that was going on uh as the civil rights movement was picking up. So he ends up joining the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC. This is about the beginning of his journey, uh, being a part of that and uh, attending marches, but being a white guy joining the movement and just watching it from his perspective happen in front of him and how it changes him. But it's, and his, and his grandfather, this is all true. His grandfather was a Klansman. He's wow. in the Klan. And then he ends up joining the civil rights movement. Um, but, uh, and Spike Lee is an executive producer. I think I either read this or Barry, the director who's edited, I think every, almost every Spike Lee movie. So they've been friends since do the right, or she's got to have it. They've been friends for a long time. So he directed it. And I think, you know, he said that uh, Spike was interested because it wasn't a white savior movie. So it is cool, man. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, I know this sounds weird, but it's really funny. Um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, when you're dealing with a subject like this, you know, a lot of people don't want to sit down, maybe not now with what's going on in the world, but they don't, they, they want to, it's a good way to bring people in when you relax people and you make them laugh, but then you can show it. And it does get pretty heavy. I mean, a lot of it's hard to watch. It was hard to watch for me because it's, well, it's, 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 it's a timely know. piece with everything that's going on in the world. You know, um, it's crazy. I, I'm really, really looking forward to, to watching the film. So yeah, what's next? Great. I mean, you got MacGyver's there. What's next? Is there something else on the play coming up? Well, uh, 
I know the it's newest hard. thing is trying to figure out how to do uh, MacGyver during COVID. That's that's the newest uh, challenge that's up so, in, the, in the world for everybody right now. So what's that look like? I mean, do you have a start date going back? I mean, how, what are they saying to you? No, but they not yet. However, I have a friend who uh, works for NBC Universal um now he was on my show he was our set medic but he's got like 35 degrees and uh he um he ended up being um you know he's working with nbc universal to do the covid management of all their productions and figure out a strategy for that and they're already starting up on some of theirs um we're starting up on um uh i think some other cbs shows are starting up too so it's looking better than i thought honestly um and uh and as long as you know because they got pods it's gonna be honestly coming in the bubble painful. <laughs> exactly and because you know in good conscience you really shouldn't be going really anywhere if while you're working so it's like you're gonna go straight home i mean my brother's uh, working as my assistant on the show i don't think he's even gonna be allowed on set other than dropping me off so drop me off and then we only are allowed to work with like uh, our hair and makeup team and then we kind of like FaceTime the director. And I mean, I, I haven't actually got these official instructions yet. These are some, what I'm gleaning from other people and their experiences. So it's, it sounds pretty crazy, man. Well, you know, I've been telling all my actors, get used to this little Zoom thing because this is the future of casting. It's going to be self-tapes. It's oh, going to yeah. be a director session with, the, you know, a director via Zoom, you know, because, yeah. you know, social distancing and everything. So who yeah. wants to drive an hour to Hollywood when you can have a Zoom call and be done and it's you're, you're still in the comfort exactly. of your own home? Exactly. Exactly. No no more uh, three-hour there and backs for, to yeah. Santa Monica So, so this is the future. So, you know, really get comfortable. Really get comfortable <laughs> with your, your, your self-tapes. Get comfortable doing – make sure you frame yourself up. You light yourself right. You get all your ducks in yeah. a row because this is how you will find work. Yeah, correct. Exactly. And the self-tape thing. I mean, my buddy, he does it all the time and it's, and it looks so good, especially with the DSLRs now. Yeah. It's such a high quality. It, it makes you look great. And if you're self-taping, you have control of the audition. Exactly. So, you can do it 20 times, get it right. But you know what? I don't, I don't, don't give them an audition. Give them the performance. I don't want to see yeah, an act exactly. acting. Just show me the character. Yeah. Just commit 100%. I don't want to see any sides in your hand. I don't want to see any of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, yeah. You're doing exactly. it from your home. Give me the freaking character. Just give me the performance. You know, make sure the Listen, background is right. Ex well, exactly. And one thing that I, I mean, it, it's, this isn't the rule book because there is no rule book. You can figure it out on your own. Some people will make your own better, rules. but correct. But I personally never. I try, unless I've been given a cold read, obviously that is understandable. Um, just been given something. And then, but for the most part, I walk in with the signs and I'd never use them. I roll them up and I walk in and right before the audition, I make a point to drop them on the ground. And so, and then I do the audition. So they know <clears throat> it's a flex, but still it's like, I know that I have this. So uh, there's some so, yeah, you just your your behavior, that ounce of behavior is worth a pound of words. You just told them confident. Correct. You know, as long as you don't mess it up. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you got to bend down and pick up those sides and then open them up because you forgot your line, then you're screwed. I'll tell you a quick, yeah. funny story. One time I had a, a, an audition for a, a role. It was like three scenes. It was like 12 pages of material. And my, I stayed up all night memorizing those lines. I worked on them backwards and forwards. The third scene was my favorite scene, right? So I'm in the room. It's CBS. It's Don Belisario, the producer. I'm, 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 I, I get to the end of the second scene. They say, thank you very much. And I was like, uh, can I do that third scene? And they said, thank you very much. And I was like, come <laughs> on, man. 
please let me do the third scene. That's my favorite scene, <laughs> right? So yeah. they said, go ahead, do the third scene. So now here I am. This is me, the cocky guy with the rolled up sides in the back pocket. But when I was yeah. sitting down in the lobby, my sides fell out my back pocket. So they weren't even in my back pocket. So I get to the third <laughs> scene. Halfway through the third scene, I draw a blank and I'm like, fuck, I don't even have my sides in my back pocket. I don't know what to do. So Don Belisario looks at me and goes, you should have stayed with the second scene. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, that's so now, funny. now I'm beating myself up because I thought I just ruined it. I, long story short, I got the part. No way. See. So yeah, now we're on the moment. set. We're now on the set, and I'm, you know, goofing about it. And he said, "Kid, I knew you were the guy after the second scene. After the first scene, I knew you were the guy. I didn't need to right. see the third scene, but I didn't right. know that. Me, I was like trying to get it. I need it. I need to show you my talent. <laughs> the third scene, he gets angry. That's you know. So you know." If somebody yeah, says, thank you very much, that means thank you very much. End of story. Exactly. You know, exactly. don't, don't push, you know, that means they yeah. saw what they needed to do. Correct. Listen, yeah. I, I usually do like a 40 minute podcast. We we're, we're like an hour into this thing because I'm so enjoying right. our conversation. Yeah, man. I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I believe this is your first podcast. It is. So, yeah. So I am honored that, that, you know, <laughs> You were on my show, your, the first yeah. podcast. So I really appreciate it. I mean, you really dropped some serious gold. I wish cool. you much, much success in your future. I know there's some bright Thanks. things ahead for you. You know, <laughs> I have no doubt. Uh, Thanks, you know, man. you're very appreciate talented. It. You're a great guy. I call you my friend. I, I look forward to hanging out, you know, when things calm down, you know, getting together and uh, I know. over at Andy's house or something. We'll, we'll right. Get together. I we'll, 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 we'll I love a, that. Have a little I party. Do the people who listen, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this. Do the people who listen know how good of a magician you are? No, nobody knows how good of a magician I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I still tell people to this day, I'm like, how, why? How does Billy not, like, how does he not make a career out of this? You are an incredible magician. It's, in, it's insane. It's insane. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, the people should know yeah. that. But, and thanks for uh, letting me tell my story on your podcast. Uh, my friend. So, uh, yeah, well, thanks. Listen, thanks. stay thanks safe, stay healthy. Thank you so much. Thanks. Appreciate it. And, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Sounds All right. good. Take thanks care, again. brother. Be good. All right, hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.